0: We use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today, I am so happy to have on the show Mia Tor. And Mia and I, I'm not exactly sure when the first time we met, but I think it's been in about the last 18 months, two years-ish, somewhere around there. Anyway, Mia and I attend a ton of events together, and we specifically got connected through a good friend of ours, Jennifer Beal. And Mia and her husband, Andy, are the head of the Authentic Network's network. <laughs> and Uh, Mia specializes in helping sales teams and service professionals who want to develop a strong base of local clients and convert more casual conversations into business connections. Her international business networking community, Authentic Networkers, has a growing number of over 26,000 entrepreneurs and business owners with satellite groups in 88 cities across Five countries. So they are a husband and wife team with children at home right now (laughs) uh, with combined decades of experience in corporate communications, stakeholder relations, fundraising, organizational leadership, and storytelling, plus public speaking, teaching, and curriculum design. So welcome to the show, Mia.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Kim. It's such a pleasure.
0: So today we are going to be talking about how do you network in this new online environment? Mm -hmm. So, you know, first of all, not only do you have to take networking online or on phone, you have no choice, right? Like, you know, well, at least here in Canada, where Mia and myself are, they're having really strict rules about what you can and cannot do right now. Not sure other places in the world, but, you know, they're saying you gather only if you have to. That includes no family gatherings. If you must gather for business or essential type things, no more than five people, like the restrictions are hard. They're telling you stay at home and do not go out unless you have to shop, get prescriptions or you have a medical appointment. Mm -hmm. And they're getting to the point they're starting to enforce it now. Yes. Um, I didn't get a chance to tell Mia, but in my community, I've already heard of a few people who are being stopped by the police and asked, mm-hmm. what are they doing? Right. Yeah, so people are being ticketed. ticketed. Yes.
1: for Non-essential travel. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, you know, in the past, you had a choice how you could build your business as an entrepreneur. Now you don't. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Mia onto the show, because she's really going to share with you today, how do you start to make those connections and those relationships online that you can then transfer into business? But first, Mia, I'm going to give you an opportunity to
1: introduce yourself and uh, share a bit of your story. Thank you so much, Kim. And I think you're raising some great questions, because if I can touch on what you said for a quick moment, that's what we're hearing, too. And the the benefit of having such a large network is I get to hear firsthand stories from all over North America and Europe. And so we have some cities where our business owners are in complete lockdown. We have other cities where they're having little gatherings, but it seems to be worldwide right now. People are either being uh, enforced to stay at home or they're choosing to stay at home. So I don't right now, out of our 26,000 and our large networking events, I don't know a single business owner right now in the world for whom business is usual. So I I think you're absolutely right. Uh, In terms of our story, uh, it's funny because I came to business through nonprofit, and so did my husband, Andy. We used to be curriculum designers, and we actually met on the job in Vancouver at the Vancouver Aquarium. And what we used to do there were big educational programs. So I was a curriculum designer and an exhibit designer for museums. And what I used to do was take really boring organizational messages from museums and parks. So it might be science, it might be whatever this organization thought the public needed to care about. And they'd give it to me. They'd say, Mia, we need to talk about storm drain pollution. I'd say, great, let's talk about storm drain pollution. And we'd take these boring topics, but we would weave them into engaging emotional experiences that really grabbed the audience and pulled them in, that made them uncross their arms, that made them lean in. And we would test these with audiences over and over. So whereas in a classroom, you might create nine lesson plans a day at a place like a museum or a park, you spend six weeks creating one lesson and you test it on audiences over and over and over and over again until you've got a really immersive experience. Andy took that experience and he went into fundraising and he started bringing in $100 million grants for universities with the same skill set. How do we take mm. a boring research message yes. and bring it to life, bring in stories, bring in stakeholders, and not only that, but inspire people to take action? You're not just entertaining with these stories, you're inspiring someone to take the next step to conserve, to donate, to engage. And so when we moved into business, we realized how many of these skills transfer into small business, because we all have a message that's important to us, but it might be boring to a listener. So how can you spin it? How can you make it exciting? How can you make them uncross their arms and unglaze their eyes and and lean in and buy the thing, (laughs) you know, or work with you or pick up the phone, make that phone call? And so uh, we started that out, but we had one problem. And that's that. We didn't have a network. We we came from nonprofit, and I had been on maternity leave for seven years before we started our business. So we had these skills, but we had no people to yes. practice them on. So we started a little. And basically, network. like every other entrepreneur, like every right? every entrepreneur, right? I had you know when you start a business, it's because you have some kind of gift mm-hmm. that's pushing you out of the cubicle and into the business world. Uh, so I went networking, and I just couldn't. I couldn't handle it. I'd go out networking and people would throw their business cards around and sell you stuff. And I felt like I had to have my armor on. Or when I started talking about my business, uh, you and I were just discussing this. I'm a very small person. I'm about five feet tall. I look like I'm 12. So people weren't taking me seriously. And I thought, I'm just going to start my own business network. It came from one event where someone actually threw their business card at me. I was so mad. I got into a little rage and I thought, I am changing the face of modern (laughs) business networking. This is not acceptable. This level of disrespect is not cool. We need to connect as human beings first. Yes. And I began a small business network with my husband, Andy, uh, here in the Durham region, east of Toronto, Canada. And we decided to create something where we would get to know each other through genuine, curious Mm. human conversations first, and then move into business conversations designed to support referrals and connections and it was just it was for me really it was selfish I wanted it on a night when my babysitter was available and I wanted to be able to have great conversations and then it but you're an entrepreneur you're allowed to do that (laughs) I I had I because I could but it took off and people started coming and more people started coming our first event had about 50 people there and then be, within a year, we were up to a thousand. We, we, I think, we plateaued with that group about twelve hundred people, and then it started springing up in different cities. And we began to teach business owners how to create your own business network. So it's been three years, just about three years exactly, since our first event where I had no business contacts, and now we're in eighty-eight groups with twenty-six thousand members. All of us creating those fun human conversations first, where we get to know and like and trust each other and then reach out for support for our businesses. And it's been phenomenal to see the way that people have been connecting.
0: And you know what? I can tell you guys, I have been not on a lot of events because as a entrepreneur I've been very busy building my business, but <laughs> <Of course>. uh, <laughs> I wish I could do more events, but I have been on some of Mia's events and they are so heart centered. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just on your online event the other day and It was all about getting to know the people. You know, there was 300 people. We went into small breakout groups online. And it was just really great because we had questions we had to ask of each other and get to know each other. And then, you know, the last few minutes, it was you could ask for something that you needed. Mm-hmm. Right. And so maybe there wasn't anybody in that group that could help you, but at least you got a chance to ask for something and people could give you feedback and say, oh, well, you know, I know this person, I can connect you to this person. So, you know, it was very heart centered and I came out feeling like I had made some really great new connections, mm-hmm. but I want to back up to a moment to something that you talked about, um, and it just reminded me of something. When you talked about taking like those boring, really dry subjects and making <laughs> them interesting and fun, and what it spurred in me was when the kids were little, they there was a commercial that wanted to teach kids about false advertising, mm-hmm. and so it was the commercial about the house hippo. And what it was was this little hippo and a little baby hippo um, that lived in your house, and it hid in your closets, and it made a nest, and it came out at night, and and it and it snuck your food away, right? And it lived in your house, and they made it look real. And then at the end of this commercial, uh, what would happen is is you would show that they just basically took footage of a hippo and a baby hippo out of the wild. Mm -hmm. and overlaid it into a house so that commercial you know just every kid wanted
1: a house hippo. It, it was almost. A it was, house hippo when you describe it. I want a house hippo the way you're describing this guy.
0: <laughs> I, and, but the thing was, the point of the commercial was, was that it was fake advertising, but it did get the point across. But then all these kids decided they wanted house hippos. <laughs> My kids are like, I know this isn't real, but I'd really love a house hippo mom. Anyway, what brought that up is they're, Re, they had revised the commercial again uh, for fake advertising, so they brought back the house hippo recently. Mm-hmm. But what the point I'm making is is that no matter what s- subject that you're gifted in, that your message is in, it doesn't have to be boring. Okay, mm-hmm. it might be, and please don't take this the wrong way, but sub subjects are not as, as exciting as others. But that doesn't mean that you have to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. You can find creative ways to bring your story up, to bring your message out, to take something that's commonplace and make it exciting.
1: Yes. And adding to that, here's what I'm finding with a lot of entrepreneurs Um, it's very difficult because it's a blind spot for us. We don't realize when our message is boring because we are living it, right? And and you so often, so many business owners, we build a business in an area that has meaning for us. It's got Mm. personal meaning. It's related to our growth, right? So you're in finances because you've had a financial breakthrough or you've had some kind of reckoning and it's brought you to that subject. You might be in health and fitness because you've got a product story or a fitness journey. You might be in coaching because coaching was transformational for you. So for you, it's not boring. For you, there's a personal story. There's a level of engagement. But when you meet someone in a networking event and you say, I am here to improve your health and wealth, and it's the same language that people have heard from someone else before. The natural human instinct is to write that person off.
0: It's so like if you blah, say, blah, 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 And
1: it's not, it doesn't come from a malicious place. They're not no. intentionally being bored, but psychologically we put people into buckets. So if you say I'm a realtor, the first thing someone will say is, oh, I know what you do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You sell houses. And they, they classify you and they move on. Oh, you're a nutritionist. Of course. Yeah. I know what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You eat kale. Off you go, <laughs> right? Or, oh, you're, you're a bank. Oh, you deal food. with money. <laughs> mm, you're one of those. And it's not intentional, it's not malicious, but they put you in a bucket and then they move on mentally. And so business owners don't recognize when our own story is boring. And and I think the important thing for you is to do that mental check-in. So if you're networking with someone on Zoom or in person, are they asking you more questions? Are they going, oh, tell me more? Are they asking you more or are they changing the subject once you've introduced yourself? That is a litmus test, right? You might not notice their eyes glazing over. In person, you might. You might not notice when their arms are crossed, but are they staying with you? And if they're not, it's a sign to take your subject matter and think about what's in it for your listener. Change your pitch to less about you and more about the person you're talking to. And that's the number one thing you can do if you're not sure whether your message is boring.
0: Yeah, one of the things I teach, I teach four interesting ways to introduce yourself. Mm -hmm. And I won't go into them all today because I want to highlight yours. But one of the things I teach is if you have, if you're in a common industry, Mm -hmm. you need to have a unique title. So I don't introduce myself as Kim Thompson Pinder and I'm a publisher. I say, hey, I'm Kim Thompson Pinder. I'm the Extraordinary Word Ninja. (laughs) Right? And then people are like, and you can see their mind going, what's a word ninja? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even if they don't ask you, sometimes I'm going, I bet you're wondering what a word ninja is, aren't you? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Right? So make it interesting. Something so important there. I love Extraordinary Word Ninja. And you're right. If those of us who can think of a cool, Title, but you know it operates on that principle of intrigue,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the reason is this: I don't know if you've ever read pitch anything by Oren Claff, no, uh, which we is what we often recommend in our training. So Oren Klaff is a he's a billionaire pitcher, like he he will pitch these huge, huge, huge um, business pitches worth a billion dollars or more to investors. And his book, some of the things he does are extraordinary and some I would never do. <laughs> some of just, he's, I'm like, whoa, I can't believe he actually did that. But one of the things he taught me that always stuck with me is about how we are evolved for fight or flight, right? Mm. We've got a crock brain and everything that you hear is filtered through that crock brain first. So when someone yes. comes at you with a business pitch, you're thinking you're, you're on the defensive because you're like, are they trying to sell me something? right? It's fight or flight. So that's why when someone comes at you with an unsolicited business pitch, you know, your brain doesn't have to fight saber-toothed tigers anymore, but we do have to fight unsolicited business pitches. So when someone comes at you with, here's what I do, your first question is, are you selling to me? Are you selling to me? Are you selling to me? And the only way around the crock brain is to engage emotion. If you can intrigue someone, if you can get them curious, if you can surprise them, if you can touch their heart, they drop the gate and now you can have a real conversation. But that gatekeeper is always there. And until you engage their emotion, until you make them go, oh, that's cool. Or like, what? Or you, you got to snap them emotionally out of this. Yes. Right. And then once they go, oh, then that's your sign that you can begin talking business. But you have to do that first. And our, that's why our, our events are designed to drop the gatekeeper. So yes. that now we can talk business,
0: yeah. And I find too a trick that's always worked well for me is let the other person talk first yes. and ask them lots of questions. Yes. You know, don't I? I don't have to be first, mm-hmm. right? My, in my business, it's about making those connections first. You know, then drawing it into a business relationship. Mm-hmm. So when I go to networking events, it's not about handing out my business card. I try to have like three to five meaningful conversations. That's my goal at any networking event is to have those meaningful conversations. And then usually there's about one conversation where there's that resonance, there's mm-hmm. that this person's a good potential you yes. know, prospect. And then you know, we continue the conversation after the event. But mm-hmm. I just make it about the conversations and getting to know the people. Yep. And when, you, when I do that, I find that by listening first and letting them talk as much as they want, When I go to talk, their barriers are down because I have shown them a great amount of respect and I've listened and I've asked questions.
1: Sometimes when you meet someone networking, (coughs) just listen to them. You let them do all the talking. They'll come back to you later and they'll say, that was such a great conversation. You didn't say a word, (laughs) right? You listen, the better listener you are, the more that other person comes away thinking that it's a conversation uh, or a great conversation. And that's not to say that you can't talk, but really holding space for that other person is the building block for Mm -hmm. relationships. And I believe that there are two things that are real building blocks for relationships. So one is names, really remembering names, working Mm -hmm. with names, getting better at that skill. And the other is learning how to hold space Mm -hmm. in conversations and asking asking more in-depth questions.
0: And I think too, like when you look at it sort of from a positioning um, angle, when you let the other person talk first and you let them talk and talk and talk, and you have a very relaxed, casual manner about you, mm-hmm. it almost gives off the, like, you never come across desperate for business. That's true. It's right. True. Um, whereas sometimes I feel like when it's a competition for who speaks first, there's almost like a desperateness to it as if the person's got to get out what they do, um, because they need that sale. So they better make sure that everybody knows what they do. Cause hopefully maybe somebody might just buy from them that day. It's
1: true. And there's two pieces there too, because, you know, I'm sure that your listeners and everyone who's with us here today has had that experience on both sides. Mm-hmm. One is because we love our businesses. And, you know, the hustle is so important. you got to get your message out there. When you're at a networking event, you got an hour. Mm -hmm. And you have to, there's some part of you that needs to do it. And we have various levels of skill. But the other part of it is when people come to us with that hustle, is your natural reaction to to do this, right? To do the fight or flight, like, oh, yuck, that guy is so salesy. Or is it to get curious? and to say, you know, this person is in a sales environment. It's okay for them to be talking like this and let's ask them questions about it and not run away, not put up your avoid flag. But even if a business owner is coming at you with their offer, can you ask more questions and get to know the human being underneath that offer? And that's what builds powerful relationships. I think that we write each other off so fast sometimes. That we don't get to know the other person it's about cultivating a curiosity yes yeah well mia i also
0: know that you've come with some really great suggestions and we're already talking about it but i want to let you loose for a few minutes to share some (laughs) of the things that have been on your heart
1: (laughs) oh my Uh, related to, to networking online specifically yes yeah, because you can let me lose Kim. I'll just go on and on. You know me. I'm. I, you got I love about this. five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Where do we want to begin with networking? Maybe
0: one really good tip that they can they can chew on and, and apply today.
1: Sure, one really good tip for networking on online today. Um, goodness, let's talk for a minute about when you're meeting someone online, here's, mm-hmm. here's the tip. It's, it's, a, it's a meaty tip, but I want you to take this away. Um, we talk about going to an event, meeting lots of people, and maybe there's one who's an ideal client, mm-hmm. or maybe there's two out of, you know, 50. <laughs> and a lot of us come away with that one great connection. And I want you to think about sorting Your networking connections. And this is something that's so important to networking. That when you meet someone in a networking event, chances are about this big that they're ready to buy from you today or soon. But chances are about this big that they can serve you in some other way, even if they're not your ideal client. Mm -hmm. Even if you serve stay at home moms, and this is a grandfather, (laughs) you know, this person can serve your business in different ways. So when you meet someone, I want you to think could this person be a referral partner? Could they be a collaborator? You might meet someone in the same industry as you and you think, oh, draft. Oh, he does the same thing as me. I hate that. Mm. Because you're not unique anymore. Could you collaborate? Is Mm. there something in when you meet someone in the same industry as you? Could you do something together, put your heads together and mastermind? Could this person be an influencer? Maybe they have an audience of your ideal clients. Or could this person connect you to something they do that can fill in the gaps in your business so you can serve more clients. So networking is not just about bagging ideal clients. It's about filling your, the richness of your business, the collaborations, the referrals. Someone might be the farthest thing from your ideal client, but they funnel you referrals all year long. That is way more powerful than making a sale with them on the spot. So, so I want to getting stop to you know them one. helps you figure that out, and when you're networking online, that's so important. I wanted to stop
0: you for one second because yeah. I just have to share this quick story. Yes do. So
1: the first time I really
0: got to know you was at our friend Jennifer Beale's event, yeah. and you were teaching on networking, and I was sitting at a table, and you were doing um, the connection piece, so we were asking each other uh, for things that we needed, mm-hmm. and so there was a gentleman I had connected with at the table. And at the time, we thought it was going to work into business because he was very interested in my services. But a lot of circumstances have happened, and we've never been able to work together. And I've met him once. I've met him a couple times in the last month. But for about a year, I had not seen, heard from him. You know, we had emailed back and forth a couple times. That was it. Anyway, from that event, and because I met that gentleman in December, he emailed me with a referral to someone who's not only going to become a client, that person is now referring business to me as well.
1: Amazing. Amazing. And it's never where you expect, is it? No, <laughs> no, not at all. Some of the most unexpected people in my network have turned into the most incredible referral partners, or they'll refer me to someone they know for whom, who then goes and becomes an influencer. Or, or puts me on a podcast. or And this is the way we've grown from zero to 26,000 is yes. really working these networking connections. It's profound. Because yes. in the normal networking event, I might meet one person who's ready for me to coach them. So I do business coaching. Oh, I'm ready, I'm looking for a business coach, you're, you're great. But what about the other 99 people? If you can sort and build relationships with the other people you have conversations with, instead of meeting one person at an event, it just grows exponentially. And that's, that's yeah. the way to quick growth through networking. Um, and I, I, I
0: was just thinking about the word network, mm-hmm. right? See, we go to networking business because we want clients. Mm-hmm. And that's actually not the focus. You no, should be building a network, And like you said, your network is bigger than just your clients and your customers. It is. So let's quickly go back for them. So you talked about referral partners. So these are people that refer you businesses, uh, refer you clients and customers. You also talked about influencers. Yes. And so influencers are people with already with big networks big networks who see and appreciate the value and the service that you provide and are willing to introduce you to their network.
1: Yes. And if you have endorsement by an influencer, that is like a gold stamp of approval on your business. Yeah. One influencer. Can change the course of your business. They can change the course of your exposure. They can change the size of your audience overnight. Yes. One influencer can do that. And yep. with an influencer, you don't want to jump down their throat trying to sell them your stuff as if they're an ideal client. Exactly. Right? So we're out trying to bag clients and there's an influencer sitting there. You don't ask them any questions, you, you listen. pitch your business at them. You've lost the chance to get in front of thousands of people
0: exactly mm-hmm. exactly
1: so what i would say though if you're saying okay how do i do that especially online the best way to sort the best way to know is for you to be very very clear on your ideal client and then when you're networking what you're doing is asking for connections to your ideal client right so instead of just saying here's my features and here my here's my benefits you say here's who i serve and here's who i'm looking for and their answer helps you sort. So if you say, I am searching for stay at home moms who are really struggling to get a meal on the table at the end of the day, do you know anybody like that? And if they say, oh, that's me, there's your ideal client. Yes. If they say, I have a whole audience of those guys, there's your influencer. If they say, oh, I know, so I could introduce you. There's a referral partner. Mm-hmm. If they say, oh, I serve the same audience. There's a collaborator. So it's a little tiny change in your networking. You can apply that immediately on Zoom or anywhere, but your your ask is not come and buy my thing. Your ask is, I'd love to talk to you about connections to my ideal client and find out more about connections to your ideal client and see how we can support each other. If that is your follow-up ask, your network will grow, period, hands down.
0: That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, Mia, how can people connect with you, become a part of your network, um, take advantage of your trainings?
1: Of course. Well, we have got all of our networking events and our networking groups. When, when the day comes and we can shake hands again in person, our networking groups are all at AuthenticNetworkers.com. And that will bring you to our, our map view of all of our 88 groups across North America and in Europe. And our online events are posted there too. If you're online right now and you want to be part of the community that's in conversation with each other and stay on top of all our trainings and events, the best place to find us is on Facebook in our Facebook group, uh, which is where people who have met us in person, they come over to the Facebook group and you're welcome to join us there. And it's just called Authentic Networkers. So facebook.com slash groups slash authentic networkers and all of our online networking events. We have hundreds of people who come out and still it feels like that small personal conversation uh, as well as our trainings, our virtual masterminds, which are hugely popular. And we've got a goal setting workshop coming up at the end of the month, uh, which is a pay what you can. And if you're pivoting your business really hard right now and you want to figure out how to take those steps forward with it. All of our lessons learned are poured into this goal setting workshop, and so that's coming up at the end of the month.
0: Awesome! Now, actually, your event will probably actually your event will be airing closer to the end of the month. So, if you're oh, you can catch the replay. <laughs> so, if you're listening to this right now, the, this was recorded earlier in April. It's being mm-hmm. uh, delivered later in April. So, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this right now. This is a now thing. If you want to get on that goal setting and really learn, then, you know, take down that information. The links Mm -hmm. will be in the show notes as well and take advantage of it because, you know, I've had many conversations with Mia over the last two years and I can tell you she is real, she is knowledgeable and her desire is to help and serve entrepreneurs to grow their business in an authentic way. Mm-hmm. So this has been Mia Tor and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you for listening and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. Just for being here, I'd like to invite you to download your free copy of Power Words: Attract High-Paying Clients and Customers. In this book, I show you how you can easily double your business by using engaging language that attracts the right client to you and positions you as someone they want to work with. Get your free ebook at www.powerwords.pro forward slash free book. That's www.powerwords.pro forward slash free book. Go there now, and I look forward to seeing you on the very next episode of Author to Authority.